This is 680-CJOB. I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, we'll tee up season two of one of the best shows of 2015, Mr. Robot. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. I tore through Orange is the New Black way faster than I thought I would. I'll review season four. I've done some binging of my own of late on a Cinemax show called Banshee. I'll tell you about that, but first it's the news. From the couch. And you, Lord Kerwin. Your father was skinned alive by Ramsay Bolton. Still, you refuse the call. But House Mormont remembers. The North remembers. We know no king, but the king in the North whose name is Stark. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, you may just have to wait a little bit longer to find out who will sit on the Iron Throne once and for all. The showrunners say Season 7 probably won't start in its usual month of April because production will likely be delayed due to the weather. Winter has come. If the maesters are right, it'll be the coldest one in a thousand years. Winter has arrived in Westeros, which means they need colder locations to shoot the show, so production will have to wait for the weather to be right, especially since much of the action will be focused in the north. Jon Snow avenged the Red Wedding. He is the White Wolf. The king in the north. And not only does it look like we'll have to wait, we're also not getting as much Thrones as usual because they previously said they're looking to wrap up the series with fewer episodes, likely seven episodes in season seven and six in season eight. Are you afraid? Good. You're in the great game now. And the great game is terrifying. Meanwhile, winter is coming to network television for the first time in North America, and it will actually be in Canada. CTV is going to air the first season of Game of Thrones every night starting August 8th at 10 p.m. in every market through to August 19th. I, Eddard, the House Stark, Lord of Winterfell and Warden of the North, sentence you to die. And they will be airing it unedited. Remember they did that years back with The Sopranos? Tell me about The Soprano temper. Well, the thing is, it's bad for business. We forget that in the old days, the ones that came over and it started this thing, they didn't get mad. They just smiled and nodded and made sure you got it later. That was a big shock. Unedited? Sopranos? Gasp! And that's all fine and dandy that they're doing this now for Game of Thrones, but I want to tell you that you don't have to wait until August. I mean, I don't know what TV provider you've got. I'm on Shaw, and I'm a subscriber to the Movie Network and HBO Canada, so I've got access to the whole series on demand. There's a long list of providers from across Canada that are eligible for this, that eligible for the HBO Go, I think the service is called. Uh, you can either do it through your PVR, or if you've got an older PVR like me, and the on-demand is an older interface. It doesn't actually show everything that is available. So I just downloaded the Shaw On Demand search app and I pull up Game of Thrones. All six seasons are there. You simply order it, goes into your My Orders section of your Shaw On Demand, and voila! So I've been binging on that for the past week after I wrapped up Banshee. I've done nothing else with my life since then, and I'm now on to season three. Of course, you can also just get the Blu-rays or DVDs. 
We pay taxes. We deserve basic civil rights, just like everyone else. Yeah, but, I mean, come on, doesn't your race have a rather sordid history of exploiting and feeding off innocent people? Show me documentation. Doesn't exist. Now that the Japanese have perfected synthetic blood, which satisfies all of our nutritional needs, there is no reason for anyone to fear us. We just want to be part of mainstream society. A lot of Americans don't think you people deserve special rights. There's a reason things are the way they are. Yeah. It's called injustice. While that may sound like a lot of horrible real-world politics going on south of the border right now, it's not. It's true blood. Remember that? The HBO show about a small town in Louisiana coming to grips with the fact that vampires walk among us. Guess what happened tonight? You got a date. Um, no. A vampire came into the bar. Did he bite anybody? I think he just wanted some company. You know how many people are having sex with vampires these days? You would be surprised, people you know. Sometimes those people disappear. I don't know who you think you are, but before the night is through, I want to do bad things with you. Always love that theme song. True Blood starred Anna Paquin as a waitress who fell in love with a vampire and slowly realized almost nothing around her was what it seemed. You set up a date with a vampire? What do you have, a death wish? You look like vampire bait. So are you saying you think I look nice? I'll be fine. The fact that you think you'll be fine only proves just how not fine you're going to be. Vampires think about one thing. And one thing only. Drinking your blood. The vampire drama ran seven seasons from 2008 to 2014 on HBO. I watched the first three years. I really loved the first season, but then it just got too goofy for me. It was one thing to have a few vampires around, but before long, every single character was revealed to be some sort of supernatural being, and it all became far too unwieldy to contain a good story. I'm following Godric's orders and getting you out. That's all. He's your maker, isn't he? Don't use words you don't understand. You have a lot of love for him. Don't use words I don't understand. Basically, the show had a lot of soap opera kind of problems. So when it ended two years ago, I figured we'd just never hear about True Blood again. But then this week we learned they're turning it into a musical. Really? At least they're trying to. Nathan Barr, who did the music on the show, has been workshopping a stage production and hopes he can convince HBO to sign off on it so he can take it to Broadway. Don't book your vacation just yet, though, but one day you may get to head to New York City for True Blood, the musical. I gave you a very generous gift. The gift of not killing you. Stumbled upon a trailer for a new comedy starring Brian Cranston and James Franco that looks hilarious. It's called Why Him? I've got sunshine. From the moment she's born, a man's daughter is the center of his universe. You give her love. You give her encouragement. You watch her grow into a strong, confident woman. And then one day, you come face to face with the love of her life. The mother Flemings are in the house! Yes! Oh my god. Yeah! Looks like he works out quite a bit. Steffi, get him up here! Brian Cranston plays Ned. He and his family, including Megan Mullally and his, as his wife, go to visit his daughter at Stanford. That's when they meet the daughter's boyfriend, Laird, who is played by James Franco. Turns out her boyfriend is this internet zillionaire. I'm so f- psyched that you're out here for the holidays. This is a 15-year-old child. Oh, 
You don't say f So Laird means well, but he's a bit rough around the edges. Laird has literally no filter, but he's a really good guy. Remember when we made love in the hot tub? Steph opened up like a flower. You should have seen it. I shouldn't have seen it, but now I feel like I have. Mm. No father would want their daughter with this guy. My instinct is to hug you right now. Good night. I don't know what his issues are. Oh my, oh my, oh my. I feel like I'm so normal. Fairly loose definition of the word normal there. And it's about to get worse for poor Ned. Ned, on Christmas Day, I'm going to ask Steffi to marry me. And I'd really like your blessing. <laughs> yeah. No. Look, just give me a couple days to win you over. By Christmas morning, you're going to be calling me son. I'm going to be calling you dad. Don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to, dad. I know it won't. Dad, it will. Stop that. What, dad? That. That. Stop that. Dad, what are you talking about? The main thing I'm excited about is seeing Brian Cranston do some comedy again. He's been doing so much drama over the years of Breaking Bad and all the movies he's done since then. So it's nice to see him bust out his comedic chops once more. Remember, he was the goofy dad in Malcolm in the Middle for years. And before that, he was the dentist who converted to Judaism for the jokes on Seinfeld. Now he's locking horns with James Franco in Why Him on Christmas Day. Steph, you could be dating anyone. Why Laird? He makes me really happy. That kid is wrapping his tentacles around every member of this family. <laughs> because of his influence, your mother smoking marijuana. Get on there! This is not someone we want our daughter marrying. I am gonna take this octopus down. More news from the couch. In a moment, you are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett, continuing now with our news from the couch. And there's a new cog in the wheel that is the upcoming Spider-Man movie. I can't go to Germany. Why? I got homework. I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. I'm being serious. I can't just drop out of school. Might be a little dangerous. Better tell Aunt Hottie I'm taking her to the Don't tell that me. All right, Spider-Man. This week, teenage actress Andrew Rice joined the cast of Spider-Man Homecoming. If you've never heard of her, neither had I until a few weeks ago when I saw her in The Nice Guys. Rice played the smarter-than-her-age-would-suggest daughter of Ryan Gosling in the buddy detective mystery comedy. Here she is with her detective dad meeting his new sort of friend, tough guy Russell Crowe. You're the guy who beat up my dad. Hey, no. Sucker punched your dad. Big difference. But don't worry, he just did it for money. You beat people up and charge money? Yeah. Sad, isn't it? That's really your job? Yeah. No way. Yeah. So, um, how much would you charge to beat up my friend Janet? What? How much you got? 30 bucks. Oh, 30 bucks. Apple pie. Is she a big girl? She's tall. All right. Super annoying. Apple pie. She's always mean to me. That's good. This conversation is over. We're just talking. She stole a lot of scenes that she was in in that movie, so I'm thrilled to see her join the new Spider-Man. No word yet on what Andrew Rice's role will be. Tom Holland, of course, will be back as Spider-Man, as he was in Captain America Civil War, as will Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, and Michael Keaton will play a bad guy. They start shooting this summer. Spider-Man Homecoming hits theaters in July of 2017. Did you all right? Hey! Oh. Guess who? Hey. Hi. Oh. Hey, man. Yeah. Oh, that was scary. Yeah, you're done, all right? You did a good job. Stay no, down. I'm good, I'm fine. Stay down. No, it's good. I gotta get him back. You're going home or I'll call Aunt May. You thought was building up an army, then I want to fight. The actor who played Harry Potter is up to some interesting business this week. The first trailer has arrived for a movie starring Daniel Radcliffe as a neo-Nazi 
sort of. It's called Imperium. You see the type of organization we have here? We can always use a man like you, Nathan. Educated, war veteran, clean record. And so what's the overall objective? This is revolutionary activity we're talking about here. He's not actually a neo-Nazi. He plays an FBI agent sent in to infiltrate the group. I need an informant. Get in there and make a difference. I don't have the skills for this. I can't even defend myself. You do have the skills. Try relating to these guys as human beings. Let me see what we want to see. But just because you're not looking at something... Get your hands off me. Doesn't mean it's not there. Imperium is based on the experiences of a real-life FBI undercover agent named Michael German. Radcliffe plays Nate Foster, who shaves his head and goes undercover with a band of terrorist lunatics. The film co-stars Tony Collette and Nestor Carbonell and debuts in theaters and on demand August 19th. For evil to triumph, it only takes good men. Do nothing. Hello, Hal, do you read me? Do you read me, Hal? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. 2001 A Space Odyssey, obviously one of the many classics from the late great Stanley Kubrick. In fact, 2001 may have been too good. I don't know if you've ever heard of this particular conspiracy theory, but some people believe Stanley Kubrick helped the U.S. government fake the Apollo 11 moon landing in 1969. I'm going to step off the landing. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Yep, fake moon landing, never happened. Anyways, that's a story that's been around probably since the day it happened. The Kubrick bit, though, that the government hired the Hollywood director to actually stage and shoot the thing has only really gained traction in the past 20 years or so. And the hardcore conspiracy theorists point to his movie, The Shining, for proof. Here's Johnny! They say Kubrick made The Shining to overcome his guilt and try to tip people off without breaking his oath of secrecy. There are a lot of fun things in the Jack Nicholson horror classic they use as evidence, most notably that the kid in it actually wears an Apollo 11 sweater. There are other things as well, and if you search on YouTube, you can find little documentaries about them. But at this point, it seems Kubrick's daughter has had enough of this conspiracy talk. She tweeted an open letter this week telling those conspiracy theorists they're idiots. She writes about her father's artistic integrity and his political and social consciousness, finally saying, quote, Don't you think he'd be the very last person ever to assist the government in such a terrible betrayal of its people? End quote. She makes a good point. Someone else must have faked the moon landing. Al, I won't argue with you anymore. Open the doors. Dave, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. That is the news from The Couch. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. Still to come this hour, we're going to talk about Mr. Robot. Season 2 of the great drama begins this upcoming week. Also, Jeff's going to 
give you a review of season four of the Netflix show Orange is the New Black. And I want to talk a little bit about a show that I finally discovered called Banshee after it wrapped up its fourth and final season. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. It's time now to have a quick look at what is coming to home video this upcoming Tuesday, July 12th, starting with this. In 200 years, the greatest scientific minds have lived here to test a theory. If we could rescue people from a toxic environment and put them in a safe place like Chicago, perhaps they would heal it. And I'm one of those people. You are the only one. What's that, Jeff Braun? Uh, that's the third movie, Allegiant, in the Detergent series. The Detergent series, yeah. I like that. <laughs> no, it's the uh, what Divergent series. Yeah, it's the, the Hunger Games light, as I and, like to think of it. And it's been about as popular as you would box office light. Yeah, compared pretty much. to the Hunger Games, anyways. It's certainly no slouch, but it's definitely not the 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 ultra smash hit that the Hunger Games was. And it's running out of steam, I think. And they still have one more movie coming called Ascendant. One more movie, or one more book split into two movies? I think this was the third oh, movie. Allegiant was part one of the. Yeah, there was Divergent. Movie. There was Insurgent. Insurgent, yes, very good. And Alle- uh, Allegiant, and then Ascendant, and then Pungent. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Jeffrey. <laughs> so that's probably the the quote unquote big one of the week. Yeah. What else is here? Well, uh, everybody wants some. The Richard Linklater movie we told you was out last week turns out to be out this week. Yes, so there's that. Miracles from Heaven. That's a religious movie starring Jennifer Garner. Uh, d- didn't get very good reviews, except my father said it was wonderful, and he expects it will be nominated for several Oscars next year. Oh, I told him, don't forget to take your medication, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Dad. And uh, sadly, well, not sadly, uh, Green Room, it's a horror movie, but uh, it stars uh, the late Anton Yelchin. Yes, who uh, died in that uh, terrible, tragic accident recently. Uh, it also co-stars Patrick Stewart, who I believe plays a neo-Nazi of some sort, uh, leads this band of bad guys uh, who terrorized this band that Anton Yelchin is in, and his performance is said to be just outstanding. The movie got excellent reviews as well. Um, season one of a show I really liked earlier this year is out called Colony. It was starring Sawyer from Lost. Righto. And where they, it takes place in Los Angeles after there's been presumably an alien invasion. Uh, we don't really know anything about the hosts as they call them, but, uh, just really, it, it wasn't bogged down in sci-fi. It was more of a, almost a political drama. It was just a, quite a unique show. And it's actually from, I think the guys behind Lost, Carl, oh. I think. Carlton Cuse. Carlton Cuse. Yeah. Because yeah. Damon Lindelof has been busy with the leftovers. So are they making season two of Colony? Yep. Nice. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, just a quick heads up as well for those who like to just stream as opposed to go out and buy, you can watch Hardcore Henry on Digital HD as well as a movie called Criminal, which starred Kevin Costner and Ryan Reynolds, where Kevin Costner gets Ryan Reynolds implanted into his brain or something before he dies. I don't know. It sounded ludicrous. Yeah. That, that, not that, I that have show. no recollection of that movie. Did we talk about that movie? I'm pretty sure we previewed it. <laughs> Well, it came and went. Yeah, it was just obviously. a sort of a blip on the radar. People, I think, were still going to see Deadpool uh, as opposed to uh, Ryan Reynolds' other movie, Criminal. All right, what do you want to do now? Orange is a new black. Yeah, let's do that right now because uh, we were talking about streaming. So I sat down with my Netflix the last little while and finished watching season four of the Netflix prison series, Orange is the New Black. 
I've been in Litchfield for a while now. How's it going, kids? And I have started to feel unsafe lately. You got power now, right? I got a disc. Warden Caputo's office, this is Miss Jefferson speaking. Uh, Jefferson, Jefferson, I got it. My bad, my bad. Hang up the phone. Everybody getting on each other's nerves, she's gonna get stirred. They could just wipe us out. Boom, boom, boom. You really wanna go there with me? Oh, we there, bought a house, moved in. And now I'm remodeling the kitchen. Now, a couple of weeks ago when season four was released on Netflix, I was adamant I would not binge watch it. I would take my time, savor every episode, and make it last as long as I could. But yeah, that didn't work. I was good the first week and a half or so. I watched about, I think, five episodes in about ten days. Then last weekend, Brett, I caved. I watched eight episodes in a 24-hour period. Enjoyed every minute of it, but now, of course, regret not having savored it. But I couldn't help myself. The show really picked up steam as the season chugged along. And I had an idea of where some of the storylines were heading and just couldn't wait to get there. If you've never seen the show, it's a woman's prison drama comedy. Much has been made about whether it is actually a drama or a comedy. I find it I find it to be mostly be dramatic with a lot of levity. And even though there's a lot of humor, the drama is usually pretty serious and sad enough that you really can't call it a comedy. It does not shy away from the horrible parts of being in prison, even if it's a minimum security prison. Orange is the New Black also has the same structure the early seasons of Lost had. Uh, Speaking of Lost, namely the flashback deal. There were a lot of characters in like Lost, and every week one of them would sort of get the flashback treatment so you can learn how they got into prison and what their life before their sentence was like. But also like Lost, it was starting to get a little tired by the end of season three. To the show's credit, instead of continually showing flashbacks from the few main characters, they really mixed it up. People who were glorified extras in one season would all of a sudden get their own episode the next season. We'd know all about them. And, you know, the good news again, like Lost, the show sort of realized that the flashbacks were getting to be a bit more useless with each passing year. So only about half of the episodes in this season had one. And at the end of last season, things were about to get worse. There was horrible new management taking over the prison. They added a lot of extra inmates into what was already a crowded prison, and that turned out, as we expected, to be the big deal this season for both the employees and the prisoners. Add to that the fact that there's a whole new batch of guards, and they were just the worst this year. They largely just walk around unchecked, most of them either woefully unqualified to deal with the fragile society that is a prison population, or they're just downright evil, forcing prisoners into cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, Things came to a head in the last couple of episodes. I won't spoil it, but I will say that Certain events made my jaw drop, made me yell out, no, and scream curse words at some characters. It also had me on the edge of my seat, so quite a ride, a darker season than the previous three, and those seasons certainly had their dark moments, but not like this one, and not as often, and not with the kind of consequences that this season will have on future seasons, I think. All in all, just another great season of Orange is the New Black, probably the best, I would say, although the first season was really good. And the stage is set for season five next year to be just as good. You can, of course, see for yourself season four of orange is the new black is right there on netflix waiting for you you made the comment about how you promised yourself that you would savor it yes and uh we i made the same promise to myself with game of thrones (laughs) i watched the pilot episode and that was the only episode that i watched that day Now this is rewatch yes yeah yeah Yeah, we were all caught up season six is over season five what was we just have season six season six is over don't need to think about Game of Thrones for another year. Brett watches the pilot of season. So I watched the pilot. I figured, oh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go finally go back through all this because I've been meaning to rewatch it. And I just finally 
was compelled to do it, and right. I watched the pilot, and then I read the, the the episode recap on Entertainment Weekly's website, EW.com, and, and uh, I let it sort of digest overnight, and I was excited. To, my plan was to watch every, one episode a night throughout July and August. Well, that was about a week ago, and I'm already a couple episodes into season three. So oh my gosh, that didn't really work out all that well. It's good because it's it you know I'm sort of uh, it's nice to see the the story unfold so quickly. But the bad thing is it's already starting to blend together, and I can't remember things that happened five episodes ago. Yeah, and I'm having to stop the episode halfway through and go back to that other episode to figure it out. So, uh, but yeah, I, it's hard to avoid the temptation of binge when it's right there. It's all there for the taking. It's, it's like so a bag easy. of chips. You, it's, you it's can't have just one. Just pushing a button. Yep. We'll do it. Too convenient for our laziness. Uh, <laughs> up next, we're going to talk about Mr. Robot. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. This Wednesday, July 13th, we will see the beginning of season two of the excellent drama, Mr. Robot. You see it too, don't you? There are no guarantees anymore. No easy paths to follow. The future has never been less certain. They use that to scare us and keep us in line. Tell us we're powerless to do anything about it. The truth is, we have more power than they think. The power to take action, to choose to do something, anything. Anything but blindly following the herd and accepting that this is just the way things are. They can only keep us down if we let them. Together we can change the world. Choose our future. And there's nothing they can do to stop us. Mr. Robot hails from the USA Network in the USA, and it airs in Canada on Showcase. Now, season one aired in the summer of last year. Didn't air on Showcase until the fall, but now Showcase is running it at the same time, which is just wonderful. Uh, the show is about a computer program who just works for a cybersecurity firm. He gets recruited into this shadowy organization dedicated to the destruction of corporate America called F Society. And uh, he basically, at, before that, he sort of fashioned himself as like fancied himself like a, a Robin Hood hacker of sorts. Yeah, he'd find bad guys and hack in and sort of make them pay for their small, low-level crimes. So Rami Malek is the actor who plays Elliot. Christian Slater plays the leader of the F Society organization. Mr. Robot won two Golden Globes earlier this year, Best Drama and Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role. That would be Christian Slater. Rami Malek was nominated for Best Actor at the Critics' Choice Awards. It picked up wins in Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Drama Series. And we both agreed, I think, if memory serves, it was on our top ten for Absolutely, 2015. Absolutely, and probably the best new show of last year. Oh, yes. And I remember when I, I never even heard of it. And then I saw it was getting all these excellent reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, I think, had it at 100%. Yeah, I saw some critics were saying, hey, this is going to be a good show. You guys should watch it. So it was like, I watched it and had no idea. Like, a, you hear Mr. Robot. That's not a title that really tells you what's going to. It sounds like a cartoon. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And then you watch it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was, it was a very cinematic. It was so well made. Yeah, just every... 
aspect of that show. I enjoyed the performances were top notch. The writing was top notch. I really, really liked the way the show was shot, the way that the fr- yeah. everything was framed, uh, because it sort of broke all the rules. Typically, if you're looking at a frame, you want the person to sort of be in uh, the back third of the shot, but they would frame everybody sort of in the front corner uh, as though they, their, their world was... I, th- I think I, I'm not smart enough to describe the the. the, the <laughs> but there's motivation. definitely symbolism there, and if you look for it, you'll find it. I think it was meant to show to to symbolize how small we really are in this world, uh, but how small people can make a big difference. And the show is populated with characters who are most definitely thinking outside the box. So a lot of the f- show is framed outside the box as well. Yeah, there you see. We sort of sound smart, <laughs> but regardless, we don't need to be super smart to so recognize exci- it's an excellent show. Excited for season two. I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous about season two only because season one is, I mean, it was good all the way through, but a lot, not a lot of it, but there were some big, you know, uh, twists and turns, especially near the end that sort of make me wonder how the show goes forward in that regard. Well, I, I will say that I'm excited that Christian Slater will be back right. in season two. There are some events in season one that lead you to believe that perhaps he will not be back. Uh, but if you have not watched Mr. Robot, you should look it up. It's, we can't recommend it highly enough. It is just an extraordinary show. And uh, it's uh, once again, season two debuts Wednesday, July 13th, this week on Showcase. Up next, I want to tell you about a show that wrapped up this year after four seasons and I finally watched it at the recommendation of my mother who's been harassing me for four years to watch this show called Banshee. I'll tell you about that next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. I want to talk now, sort of follow up on something I brought back a few weeks ago because I finally started watching a series called Banshee. I do solemnly swear that I will faithfully perform the duties of Banshee County Sheriff, the office of which I now enter, and that I have no knowledge of any circumstance, past or present, that would disqualify me from the assignment of this office. So help me God. Banshee just wrapped up a few weeks back. It's fourth and final season. It aired on HBO. It's a show from the Cinemax network in the U.S., which is... HBO's sort of pulpier sibling and my mom has actually been harassing me to watch this show now for four years she just keeps telling me you're you'll love this show it's got so much action and she was right Banshee it's about a guy who gets out of jail after 15 years and he tracks down his then his girlfriend who or she was his girlfriend when he went into jail, tracks her down. She's sort of gone into hiding, taken on a new identity in this small Pennsylvania town called Banshee. And through a series of bizarre circumstances, he steps in as the guy who had been hired to be the town's new sheriff. They just happened to arrive in the town at the exact same time. And he takes over this guy's identity. So this career criminal becomes the town's sheriff, The premise is complete lunacy, and the show is complete lunacy. It's actually quite silly and stupid, but the show knows it, it sort of revels in it, and yet it still delivers really compelling programming with surprisingly layered or layered characters uh the best action i have ever seen on television and in many cases better than a lot of the stuff i've seen 
on film. So if you're a fan of action, anything, I can't recommend Banshee enough. But I really, what made me keep coming back was the characters, which I really grew to like. So I, as I binged my way through four seasons of that. So if you're looking for something different, something silly, but yet serious, and uh, just a surprise, check out Banshee. You can get it on demand as well. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. This is 680 CJOB.